mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware. I'm here with Lenny and she's got a little story for you guys about mistakes in the kitchen. Bit of a culinary disaster, Jess. And I don't blame myself. What happened? I followed a recipe from The Guardian, okay. the perfect lamb tagine. Yep. And when I looked it up on my index, I had to look up P rather than L because it was perfect. What, what are you talking about? I save all my recipes. Oh, instead of yeah. lamb tagine. Instead of lamb tagine, Your it was index. perfect. Did you have a spreadsheet? No, it's in my, in my, on my computer, I save all my recipes. I've got There's a recipe. book in there somewhere. So it said, I should have realised, it said 600 grams of meat and then 200 grams of dates, my good measure dates, that That's cost very expensive, expensive uh, individually like little pack, mm-hmm. and then 100 grams of, of apricots. Didn't mention salt, it was two onions. Where's the acid in that? No acid. There was, no, there was tomato no tomato ketchup, what nothing. The- no lemon, right. no, no nothing, orange. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Did so, you not think, hmm. I didn't. Did you not think what would Samin no, Nosrat do? No, I didn't think that because it said perfect. <laughs> and it was in the Guardian. <laughs> so I thought, no, this was going to be perfect. I thought, I felt quite smug. So I did it, cooked it, spent ages doing it. Uh, peeled, all, you know, did all the uh, dates, took the stones out, did it all uh, exactly as they said. Well, it was like eating something that had sugar in it. So I tried, I fished all the dates out. Yeah. But hadn't they mushed up by this point? They had a bit, but I tried to find them. And then I put, I thought, I'll put some vinegar in, I'll put some tomato puree in. Olives in in it? No, I didn't. At that stage, I wasn't sure about adding olives. Mm. But I put some tomato ketchup, some vinegar. Mm. I put salt in, which it hadn't had on the recipe, which I think was odd. They've like missed, I think they've missed out like three ingredients. Right. So then I did all that and then it was still not right. So I thought, what shall I do? I just didn't, I couldn't do another one. So I went to cook. I bought one, lamb tagine. They are very good. For four, yeah. And then I thought, what I'll do is I took out all the lamb from mine Mm. and, uh, and the chickpeas and added it to the lamb tagine I've got. And it tastes lovely. You know what, Mum? What? That's problem solving. I respect you. you I respect your honesty. And I think a lot of listeners. I wasn't going to be honest. I whispered to Tully and then big ears flapped and said, What's happened? I wasn't going to tell you. 
actually, let's 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 put this to the listeners. How many of you? I've never cheated before, have I? I don't you think know this that. is a cheat. I think this is um, a solution. A solution. How many listeners have served up cook meals? And claimed it oh, as I their think own. Everybody does. Darling. Please write to hello at tablemannerspodcast.com. I did throw away the casing outside. But we're not going to tell James because no. we'll find out about it on the podcast. Yeah. But when he says it's really delicious, Lenny, what are you going to smile and say thank you? <laughs> Have you gone for a less risky no. pud? You know how MasterChef, Jess, mm. you're, you make or break yourself with a chocolate fondant. Mm thought well I'm not going to say the words because it begins with s I thought mm, it I'm going to have a go so this could be Chocolate the fondant. redemption of the it might be the redemption or it might be the tin lid on the hat <laughs> or whatever it might be the end of everything Lenny whatever happens it will be you're all right. on fire tonight we'll so. be all right darling have you got some cream I've got cream Fine. and ice cream so you're in your element darling right anyway we have Somebody that mum is very excited oh, about. My Maybe God. you are just too excited about this guest that I you think read I the was. recipe. I was wrong. trying to do. No, I'm going to show you the recipe. I was. Yeah, I've been so excited because I've been reading his book. Mm. I just think he he writes so well. It's so easy to read. His book that is out now and it repeatedly gets back into the Sunday Times bestsellers is called How They Broke Britain. He has the biggest commercial talk show. One point four million a week. He manages to. Get the point across, whilst also ask the hard questions, whilst also sound like he's talking on behalf of the whole nation. We've got James O'Brien coming on the podcast. This is going to be Lenny's app, by the way. It's my favourite. You know Lenny's going to put on the Radio 4 voice. She's going to get him good. So I'm just going to let you sit back and enjoy the ride, as I will. Um, James O'Brien coming up on Table Manners. James O'Brien, cheers. Mm. Oh, Yamas. Yamas. Drinking a Greek wine. Yeah, let's see if it's any good. Mm. Parky. (laughs) We can have something else if it it probably needs opening, actually. Um, How are you? Very well, thank you for having me. Thank you for Pleasure. coming. Who's going to interview who today? I, I'm off. I'm off duty. I'm here to. You, yeah, I'm here to. Are you, be d- you don't, probed. Yeah. Are you good at being probed? I love it actually. You don't know how excited I am. Oh, wow, that's so kind of you. Well, Thank I'm you. A I know huge you've fan. got form with lefties, haven't you? Can't, a lefty cannot <laughs> cross the threshold without being love bombed. Kiss by that. You. Yeah. I know. Well, I know. And Alistair and Ed Jess. and all that. Alistair and, and Ed. And yeah. yeah. Well, they're professional. Yeah, actually. Ed was the kind of the great surprise. Yes. He's so charming. Yes, he is. So attractive as a human being. And you had no very little inkling of that when, you you, when no... he was in the in, in the leader of ja- the opposition. James, which Tory would you suggest that we have on? <laughs> I did Dominic Grieve quite recently, and he. But, yeah, I mean, he's lovely. They, they but count he's as Tories when yeah, that's what I mean when they're yeah. outside Parliament. The, the current crop, I don't know to be honest. There's clearly some who are biting their tongue constantly and sitting on their hands, but I think there comes a point where you're biting your tongue so hard. But it ceases to be... You can't use your tongue. Yeah, you can't use your yeah. tongue. Exactly that. So I don't know. What's happened sure with the myself. vote? Tonight, I don't know. I was, I was walking around Clapham. 
I presume the, the vote for the amendments on the Rwanda bill. Oh, shit. <laughs> All the very right-wing Tories don't think it goes far it's enough. It's not nasty enough. It's not nasty enough. You've got a few in the middle saying Lee. it's, it's uh, too uh, nasty. 30p Lee. Yeah, 30p Lee, Lee Anderson. Yes. Is Jonathan Hulis following him? Hulis. Like you've gone for the Greek, because we're having Greek wine, you've gone for the Greek pronunciation of Jonathan Gullis. Hulis. Hulis. Malaka, is Malaka. He is a Malaka. Do you go to Greece a lot, then? Swear words under your I, I, I speak a bit of Greek. I love Greek. How? I, I had a Greek girlfriend at university, and long oh. after breaking out with her, I was still in love with Greece. So the now we go. Language of love. It, well, yes, it is. We go every year, actually. What's so, the most romantic thing to say in Greek? Oh well, you can say "I love you," but How I don't. Sagapopoli. Yeah. Agapimu. Agapimu. In fact, in the book, in the. In the acknowledgements, there's two things that obviously... You've no, not put the old girlfriend in the book. No, no don't be oh. ridiculous, Amy. Nice on the bite. The, um, there's two things that you don't, no one else will understand. I say thank you to the guy that ran the, um, the, the place we go to in Cardamelia at the bottom of the Peloponnese every year, because I got oh, to... Oh, Cardamelia, everyone says beautiful, that's near gorgeous, Kalamata. Yeah. I really recommend... Actually, I've got to stop that's recommending where, it. Otherwise, oh, no, mate, we've done the same. you know what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise, I'm never going to get in there. That's where Beth and, and yeah, Earth's yeah. been, yeah. So I, I say thank you to Stavros and all the crew at Ellie's, oh, and we, then I list 15 got... men. Uh, all of whom I describe as having brought me great joy. And even my wife said, who, what, who are these, who are? And I said, that is the kid of Mr. Harrier's promotion-winning squad. Well, that's quite So nice it's all in there. I all love my, that. All my vices and joys are covered in the acknowledgements. So, I mean, food-wise, mm. do, 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 can you recommend a Greek for us? A Greek restaurant? In London? Yeah. Mm, Bay, mm. I mean, Bayswater's pretty good. Yeah. There's a couple of nice places in Bayswater. There used to be the one that was a major and a micro and macro. Yes, that's right, yes. What was it called? I can't remember. And it was at the back, down a little muse place. Oh, but yes, that place, yeah. I, can, I could well, never I find it. No, it was you like, can't find it. It's a short it. story. <laughs> it's, it's around the back and it's, it's a little muse and it was delicious. Yes, it was delicious. Yes. And, and then I could and never I find it again. Someone took me there. Yes, someone took me there and I could never find it afterwards you two are gonna get on yeah it was very so we're Shocking. greek, Gre- greek-, 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 greek- files. Files. Yeah. Yeah. what's your first order when you get to your place yeah. Col- Colo kifo kefteves. Oh, kefteves. Oh, what? Colo kefteves. Kefteves. What? What? Oh, they? 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 And, and you can't, you can order it here, you can make it here, Didn't but it. there's nothing like sitting down with a sea and ordering it first, and probably some saganaki as well, some fried cheese, because that also you can See, order here. See, we don't here. get much fried cheese What there. are you talking about? Well, when do you have taste. fried well, I, cheese? I feel like we've delved more into the prawn saganaki, which isn't the fried yeah. cheese. I think it just means delicious. fried, saganaki just right. means fried. I thought it meant with cheese. No, no, because it's prawn okay. saganaki, which is just fried cheese. Fried prawns, it's just... No, it's no, with, it's tomato, fried with and tomato and feta. feta. Okay, but cooked in a frying pan. Okay, no, fine. You bake. really had to finish that, no, didn't no, you, James? No, we, we bake right, well, it. We're going to let we'll, your Greek listeners ours, decide. Don't yeah, maybe our Greek listeners should decide right. on that, because okay. us lot, but we don't... But we used to always have those um, deep-fried courgettes. You know, they were like very, very like thin, like ribbons. crispy like, ones, like, like the, ribbons. Yes. And then have scudalia on top of that. Mm. And you had to eat them as they came out the pan. Yeah, yeah. otherwise it gets soggy. But the kolokifu kofi, there's a like nothing else on um, and what's the first drink is it a mythos no uh, probably 
Probably order some wine. So it's a crassy cocky no. Because the great thing your about your pronunciation is, is red wine, okay. darling. Nah, uh, yeah, but you're doing you're doing very I'm well. Showing, I'm showing off. Vine you are showing off. Yeah, 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 quite well, attractive. Well, there you go. Just, That's yeah, yeah, a gap in more attractive. Because because two reasons why. I mean, we're, we're quite well known now. In they they you know they recognise us because we go back every year. But also almost in the polar opposite of trying to speak French in France, Greek people love it. Especially someone as pale as me. No one's ever going to mistake me for a Mediterranean. So when I actually come out with passable restaurant Greek, which mm, is all I've got, mm. it changes. It just it just See, creates I a lovely atmosphere. Love People love it. I it's I a, had that. Well, you Thirty tried. years. You tried. Have I've you been, really? I've been twice now to the city lit. Yes. Where Socrates, Fantastic. my teacher, goes. Oh, bravo, bravo, Helena. And I know one word. <laughs> what is it? Malakas. Scarso. <laughs> I'm trying to say hello or uh, I am, and I can't get it at all. And if I get one maybe, word right, it goes, bravo. Maybe you need James O'Brien teaching no, you, No, I think not. Over a glass of wine. Too clever. Um, so you are on Table Manners. Thank you. We are thrilled to have you. Ditto. Mum's got I've a lot read of questions. a lot of the book. Good. <laughs> a real lot of it. Good. And, and, and... I mean, we're going to talk about the book, but um, but can we start at the beginning? Dinner at time, at, yeah, in your childhood. Where, yeah. where were you brought up? Kidderminster, Kidderminster in Worcestershire. So, mum and dad are both from Yorkshire. Yorkshire, and they ended up in Kidderminster well, because dad was a journalist. So he, he got he okay. got made when I was three and a bit. He was made the Midlands correspondent of the Daily Telegraph, which in those days was wow, a that was big time. Very reputable and respectable newspaper. Mm-hmm. 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 We haven't got a Brummie accent at all. No, no. To well, they did send that. me to private school, so I did think that they? played a small part in the. Uh, I don't have a Yorkshire accent or a Midlands accent, but but yeah, Kidderminster, a nice normal childhood. Yeah. And, and was it a boarding school? Or? Not until I went to weekly boarding school when I was ten, but only up the road, and only because I insisted on it. My mum was heartbroken. I mean, you don't know these things until you were you, ten. Yeah, and you wanted to go to yeah because I couldn't be the lead in the school play. Unless I was a boarder, because if I was, then mum or dad would have to pick me up at like eight, nine o'clock at night, and they couldn't really do that, because dad would be out on jobs and my sister would be in bed at home. So without telling them, when I realised that I was in with a chance of being the lead in the school play, I applied to become a weekly boarder at school. The headmaster was very surprised by this, because my parents hadn't mentioned it, and I went home and told my parents, and my mum burst into tears. And I didn't really register at the time how thoughtless that was of me but I got the part did you get the part yeah Yeah. I got the part what was the part uh, it was playing the scarecrow in Percival the performing pig so it's one of the greats, one of the, the well, parts, one of the canon, one <laughs> of the canon. There wasn't even any kissing there's, in there's it. You chose the, Dane, the scarecrow There's the Dane, there's mother. the Scottish play, and then there's Percival the performing pig. So, not, no, I didn't choose, but it was weird. I mean, it was school in those days. I got in at the very end of that Victorian era, almost, when children were still beaten and the dormitories were still very Spartan, and you'd have, you know, you weren't quite breaking the ice on your... Uh, water bowls, but you know, the, 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 particularly at my next school, bullying was quite normal. So it was it was very weird actually, but it was not wholly unpleasant, and, and I never regretted it. But you did do you wonder. miss your mum and dad? Yeah, like, desperately. I used to miss the smell of my mum's hair. I always remember that. Oh. Was always when I was what at did my. What smell of? I don't did she know. have hairspray? She must have worn perfume, yeah. mustn't she? Probably. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know, Longcomb. What's Longcomb's best Elna. perfume? Was it no, Elna? It no, it wasn't hairspray. It was perfume. A perfume. Was, so mum worked on the um, Estee Lauder counter in Owen and oh, Owen wow. in Kidderminster for a while around that time. So I, she always smelled lovely. And yeah, I'd miss that. I'd really miss that. What was the food like at boarding school? At prep school? Well, both absolutely shocking. I could not exaggerate how awful it was. No. And it, I found it inedible. But I'd, I, I was quite... I'd been quite spoiled, I suppose. Always, mum would cook our favourites. And what were your favourites? I used to love what mum called it risotto, right? But it wasn't risotto. What was it? It was bolognese sauce with rice. Clever. It's delicious. Right. delicious, and it's probably Maybe still. You try that with your with kids. The kids. It's so good. It's so good. But that's what I thought risotto was. So when I moved to London, <laughs> and I went to a fancy Italian restaurant, and I saw risotto on the menu, I thought. Yeah. So I ordered a risotto. What did you get? Well, I got a lumpy soup, didn't I? Which was delicious, and I thank God I really, really liked it. But it but wasn't. It was, so obviously I'd been slightly misled Cute. about what constitutes so she'd do that but also normal mince you know mince was and onions with potatoes cook? yeah I think so but I think she's a brilliant cook and and but also you know this was the 70s and 80s so we'd have Finder's crispy bread pizzas Finder's french bread pizzas and pancake rolls but Did that feel like yeah. a treat yeah they were treats yeah. so treat for <clears throat> process what we call now processed food was a treat it was like Mum would normally cook something, have a roast every Sunday with Yorkshire puddings, whatever the roast was. We'd always have Yorkshire puddings. So you um, went home every weekend? Did until I was 13. And then where did you go? And then I'd stay at school. And then when I went to my next school in Yorkshire, a place called Ampleforth. Oh, my God. I'd be away for a, a month. And, and yeah, it was horrible in many, many ways. But... um the food there was shocking. Are you Catholic then? Yeah. O'Brien. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a clue. It meant a lot to my dad, the Catholic element of it, but the food was unbelievable. The first thing I used to do, I still do this. My yeah. mum notices it. Dad's not with us anymore. If I go back to Kidderminster, I've got my own home now, I'm very glad to say, mm -hmm. you know, with, with a family and two children. And I have a rough idea about what's in the cupboard and what's in the fridge. But whenever I go to my mum's, I was 52 last week, whenever I go to my mum's, I open the fridge, check out what's in the fridge. Oh, Jesse does oh, I do every that. day. Yeah, but, 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 but because you're hungry or just because you're... Oh, no, I've already delved in and just had a little like, pick of a bit of cheese. But I, I, I'm literally still holding this sense of finally I, there's food in this. No, I'm I, just greedy. Yeah, well, it's, it's <laughs> perfectly normal behaviour, isn't it? So, so would you say the bolognese, the bolognese risotto was the kind of memorable dish of your childhood? For home cooked, yeah. that was my favourite dish. Yeah. My sister's was fish fingers and chips. Uh, and then on Fridays we'd get fish and chips from the chippy. That was a treat as well. Um, but yeah, there, there were other things. I used to quite, I used to really like cold ham and new potatoes with with, with salad. Mum would do that as well. I'm trying to think. I'm not I'm not doing her a great did, service, did but she'd cook. She's still with you, your yeah, mum. Yeah, yeah. Does she come for Christmas? She's not very mobile at the moment. Oh, so she came dear. for last Christmas, but she couldn't come for this Christmas. So we went up there in between Christmas and New Year. My sister cooked. My sister started cooking quite late. In sort of her mid to late 40s, she suddenly discovered a, um, an enthusiasm for cooking, which is really, really nice. So food kind of, yeah, it did play quite a big part. And we'd go out quite a lot. I'd, I realise now that Dad was putting it on expenses, which I didn't realise at the time. <laughs> Good so for him. Yeah, exactly. So we'd go out for Indian food and Chinese mm. food, which was still relatively new. There was only one or two Indian and Chinese restaurants in Kidderminster at the time. And... Um, and I, I just, I, yeah, I do. I think the combination of it, having really good food at home and really awful food at school had quite an odd effect on me for a while. So it's, it's almost bingey. 
When, when did you go on holiday in England, not, or did you not go really. away? No, I think I, re- I think they were spending so much on school fees they couldn't afford anywhere that we else. Couldn't really. So we we stayed in a caravan in Brittany one year, uh, and we stayed in a weird cottage in Filey that some distant uncle owned, and you had to put five pence pieces in the uh, <laughs> uh, in the meter. But no, we'd never really holidayed as kids, and and I think it was presented to me as as your dad doesn't like going on holiday, but I realise now that they they kind of bankrupted themselves sending me to that bloody school. So, I mean, you you know, you, you had this acting ambition initially. Yeah. And then your dad is a... What, journalist. Was a journalist. Yeah. When yeah. did things change for you? When did you oh, I, well, want to go into journalism? Do you, know, do you ever do that thing where you've got a story yeah. and you can't remember whether it's actually true or not? Oh, yeah, let's go with it. It's such a good story. Okay, go ahead. Right. So I thought I was going to be an actor. I wanted to be an actor. I got expelled from school. Oh, which le- did which, you which, do? Yeah, cannabis, which doesn't Is sound like all? a very big deal. I know, but it was 1990. How so you Were you selling it? it? Were you smoking it? Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't selling it, but I was... Uh, it, <sighs> So, how did you access it? Well, we would go illegally into York. We'd get a taxi. Me and my best friends would. So you didn't go to Betty's for a for a no. But I did. My old English teacher took me to Betty's. I sat. I sat down, and he says, "I have terrible news." So my old English teacher, Mr. Davy, drove me into York illegally to meet my girlfriend. I was going out with a girl who was the granddaughter of a famous poet. She was the granddaughter of a poet called William Empson, who wrote. Your English teacher loved this. Well, because he'd known William Empson in Hong Kong during the war. I think that they'd both been spy adjacent but obviously he could never talk to me about that and William Empson had been thrown out of Cambridge because a, a cleaner found a condom in his drawer so this would be the 1930s Mr Davy you not allowed to have condom no Why? apparently not well I think you weren't supposed to have sex outside marriage I presume um, 1930s it's he a wasn't, he wasn't a, gay or a, anything no 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 nothing oh, like I that they would encourage no, that Mr Davy might have been but William Empson okay. definitely wasn't but he, okay. he could not believe I was going out with the granddaughter of this poet that he'd known in Hong Kong <laughs> in the 30s and he caught me one day looking quite depressed, and I said, I really want to see my... He said, oh, God, I'll drive you. So I, I got under a blanket in the back of his car. He oh, dro- my God! He drove me into your... Is this true? No, this one's true. Okay. But they're all true, but I, there's, the one, next one I'm not 100% sure is correct. It's not as good as this one. And, and, and he takes me to meet my girlfriend. I go and meet her, and we you know, spend a bit of time together. And then I say, I come and meet Mr. Davis. She goes, I can't. I've got to get back to school. I'm all Because she'd hopped over the wall as well. She was at a boarding Which school. school she was at a boarding school in York called The Mount, would you believe? How it's did the, you meet her? Uh, well, we used to go into to York at the weekends with like pockets full of money that all our mates had given us. And then we'd, we'd score. And, oh. and take it back and dish but it how out. How did you meet the girlfriend? She'd be in the pubs and the wine bars Smoking that we used to. No, we as didn't. Well. We didn't really do it in York, but we'd go out for a drink and have a. And I got to Betty's, and Mr. Davies waiting for me, and I said Rachel couldn't join us. Sadly, she had to go back to school, and he goes, "I have terrible news." And I thought, "Fuck, we've been busted. I'm going to get expelled." <laughs> Because, you know, that's it, straight out the door. And he'd be in all sorts of trouble as well. And I said, what, sir? And he said, they've run out of muffins. (laughs) 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 What was worse? Not seeing Rachel. I I always feel feel that a boy should have muffins with his English teacher. Oh, my God. (laughs) He was was lovely. It was a touch of the Uncle Monty's about him. But to answer your question, so I got expelled. And the deal with mum was, I have to get a degree now. I can't apply to drama school. Oh. I have to have a safety net. And if I, if I get a degree, then she'll help me go to drama school. Mum and Dad will help me go to she, drama did school. Did she see your performance? She, she, she did, yes. She did. <laughs> that may have influenced her reticence. 
And then in my first year at university, I saw Michael Which Sheen. University? I went to the London School of Economics. Oh, wow. And I saw Michael Sheen in When She Danced with Vanessa Redgrave. And he was only a little bit older than me. I think he got, I think he may have, well, more or less the same age. I think he got cast in his final year at RADA. And this would be my first year at university. And I just remember thinking, there's no, there's no point, mate. I'm not even close to this guy. So that was yeah. the end of that. So journalism happened because you just... Well, what did you do at LSE first? Philosophy. Right, OK. It was supposed to be philosophy and economics. But and because I'd been expelled from school, I didn't have a great deal of support during my university application period. And I got, I got, got in. got into LSE? You must yeah. have been incredibly bright, I, I wasn't stupid. Um, but I got there on my first day. The course I was signed up for involved economics. And the teacher said, um, my daughter loves this story. The teacher said, uh, has anybody here not got a maths A-level? And about, there's about 120 kids in the room. About 30 of us put our hand up. And then he says, OK, and now has anybody here not got an economics A-level? And probably about 40 of us put our hand up. And then he said, like laughing, because anyone just put their hand up twice. And I put my hat, and I look around the room. No one else. There's literally not a single other person who. who so I thought this is going to be interesting, and I was I wasn't cut out for that. So I dropped that bit of it and just did the philosophy, which was lovely. Did you work for a newspaper? Back in the day, yeah, yeah, I did kind of. I couldn't get arrested when I left college, so I carried on with my student job. I worked at Aquascutum on Regent Street. Do you remember? Aquascutum? Oh yeah, posh raincoats and yeah. suits. Very and posh. And I liked it. And I always worked in retail. I worked in River You're Island. You're quite tall. You probably could. could have yeah, four, I was a 40 yeah. long in those days. Yeah. Close to a 44 <laughs> regular now. I don't know how that, how that works. Um, and I carried on doing it. And, and it was just reaching the point where I didn't think journalism was going to happen. I'd, I'd applied for all the training. And did you want to be a journalist? Yeah, you that was always. This was if your I part. wasn't going to be an actor, then I wanted to be a journalist like my dad. Oh, that was right. all I ever wanted. Oh, yeah, because your dad was a, a journalist. Lot of, a lot of us grew up just thinking all I want to do is what my, what my parents did because you don't know anything else. So, James, what I really want to know, yes. please, God, when we have a change of government... What are you going to do? It's this an, has been a very rich vein for you. Yeah, good for business, bad for the soul. That's how I describe it. So I, well, you're I did not going to have a go up here, are you? I, I mean, obviously, if he if he does bad things, I'll, I'll be after him like a rat up a rain drain pipe with with a sense of betrayal, which I never have with the Tories. Mm. But I don't think he will at the moment. But have you always been a Labour voter? Uh, you yeah. did vote for Boris, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Well, I think I did in two thousand and eight. Yeah. I'm not a hundred. Was that like an ironic vote? Kind of. Just I didn't. I wasn't very political. I know okay. that sounds hard to believe, but I I wasn't paying attention. I, I wasn't um, very very engaged. I was a showbiz journalist. I was never a political. And he was a bit oh. more showbiz. I was never a political journalist. He, he's very um, showbiz for which yeah. paper? Yeah, for the, I was. I ended up a showbiz editor of the Daily Express when I was about twenty-seven. Oh, fuck it. But not, that's, that's a very different paper. <laughs> Okay. Calm down, seriously. It was edited by Rosie Boycott, who founded Spare Rib magazine. She was a, a, a brilliant okay. feminist, a, okay. a, a huge liberal. She, she organised yeah. the legalised cannabis campaign that did got Paul McCartney smoke, involved in it. Did she smoke a lot? Well, I don't remember. No, not Is that how you got the job, James? Yeah, I used she to got sort her out. No, I <laughs> no, Christ no. Um, but it was not. Yeah, I, I have to qualify that when I say I worked for the Express. Yeah, right. Because yeah, it yeah. was a complete... I don't know, because I, I needed work that I would ever have turned down work on more right-wing papers, but it was not a right-wing paper. So I ended up doing a little... I got offered a job on telly, because I... It's, it's a mad one, this. So you start getting booked to do paper reviews or, mm. or late-night appearances on Five Live, and 
and and and then things just escalated to the point where they'd be inviting you onto breakfast television to talk about Liam and Patsy's relationship, and you knew nothing. Really? None of them know anything. The royals are the same. No, the royal people, none of them know anything. But you just sit there and sound plausible. Oh, do you make it up? Do you? you never make it up, but you just sort of say, well, obviously, you know, <laughs> things aren't looking great. And then the presenter would say, well, you can say that again. They just got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever regret anything that you've said? On air? Yeah. On air or as a showbiz um, journalist? One thing. Yeah, one thing I feel really, really bad and quite silly about was was the Beckhams. Why? Because the two, the two or the three big icons of our generation that I loved from the start were were the Beckhams and Robbie Williams. I, there's a review and I can't find it because it's not online of my, but Robbie Williams's first album that I gave five stars to. I called it brilliant, and at the time, everyone was slagging it off. It was only when Angels came out that his career started coming back round again. And I wish I could fucking find it because I want to. I'm sure Robbie can. I Have you seen all that bloody archival footage? I'm sure he's got it. Yeah. But I did after David Beckham got sent off in the World Cup for kicking, <gasps> for kicking that. Yeah, uh, no, Diego of course Simeone. we all loved him. And well, not then we didn't. No, I loved him. Well, I you loved and him. me saw the truth. Jesse and I used to go to Chelsea, and they'd be going. Boo! And we yeah. say piss off, leave them alone. <laughs> Good. We yeah. did, didn't we? We, we loved, loved him. him. So I got, I got the first interview. In fact, my entire journalistic career was based on getting this interview because everybody wanted it. I was completely unknown. How did you get it? I got it. I don't know. If I've ever told anyone this before. I love that. I got it by giving very. I don't know. <laughs> I got it partly by giving very warm reviews to all of the other clients that the PR company had. Oh, my God. You know, I'd say, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a brilliant banging yeah, tune. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so, that was so you got all so to you get the interview that, with no, Beth. And you the, got the interview. And I got the big interview. With both of them. Well, Victoria was there. She was eight months pregnant with Brooklyn, just to time it, to place it in space and time. Yeah. And, and, and they, I just thought they were lovely. And he was so shy. He, he so didn't want to be there. That, I mean, and, and she was so... But she loved the bones of lot, each other. Do you know what she? she did? She did his hair and makeup. We had hair and makeup, and she did it. So without telling them, I put across the bottom of the photograph, I put... Stuff, hair and makeup Hair and makeup Victoria. Victoria Adams, as she was at the time. So what do you regret? Oh, I'm coming to that. Share it with the group, James. So I was, I was a favoured journalist. Oh, God. And I, I, think it was, I think it was even in the diary that he was going to come round to my place in Earl's Court mm. after a Chelsea game in top-secret circumstances. Mm. And we would talk about me ghosting his first autobiography. And then, and then they got married. So you'd have to check the timings. I might be slightly misremembering. And for reasons I can't quite remember, I must have had a real dry patch of bylines. I must have not had a byline mm. in the paper for a couple of weeks, which oh as, a, as the showbiz editor is quite a big deal. And so I wrote a piss-taking piece about their wedding. Are you mad? No, yes. Yeah. Well, I didn't think they'd care or notice or know. And they I, wore and I, purple and sat on thrones. Now, th this would have been post you doing the interview yeah, with oh, him, yeah, 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 where yeah. you actually got on well with really them. Really well, really well. And so... And I wrote something what like, did you as, say? The, as the doves took off Not nice. into the, oh, the darkening sky... So the last vestiges of their credibility went with them or something ter terrible like that. And, and if you'd said to me at the time, that's a bit silly, I would have said to you, don't be daft, they're not going to care. But they really did. They did she care. She really cared, apparently. And, and the PR that I'd spent 
a long time cultivating, who I actually really liked as well, but she, she was a notoriously fierce PR. She, she fucking went for me down the phone. I mean, you could be holding it. I know, well, nor do I now. You asked if there's anything I regretted. Not, these aren't stories I'm proud of. Yes, it is. It was awful behaviour. So that, yeah, more than anything else. You, did you know what you were doing when you did that? No, no idea. I needed a byline, Jesse. I needed to get my name in the paper because it hadn't been... A, it's a very high-pressure... Mm. Um, these aren't excuses, they're explanations. Yeah. It's, it's a high-pressure environment. And, and you know, I, 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 I was cocky, late 20s. Quite a lot of people quite keen to see me fail. So I was always conscious of pushing the boat out but what a shitty thing to do have on you, their wedding day have so. you ever have you ever seen them since I, I, no, I saw them at the Albert Hall I forget what the gig was and we were all in the posh bits and she oh. did she recognise you yeah and then she then she remembered so this is going back a long time so it wouldn't have been long afterwards and I saw her face go oh it's that lovely bloke that interviewed yeah, David yeah so lovely and then I saw the face go oh and he's the bastard that and that was that. So I'm really sorry about that. Actually. Well, I'm sure they're listening to the podcast. And you, <laughs> you may be, maybe they accept your apology. Yeah, I don't yes, know. I hope so. Um, I hope so. It's very sincere. What has been your, I don't, maybe it's harder to, hard to say, your proudest moment or like the thing that has just felt the most terrifyingly brilliant piece of, well, for LBC, like was there one moment where you were like, this, everyone's listening, you could hear a pin drop. I, I don't, I'm not that fussed about names. I don't have yeah. any booked guests on the show. Mm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't chase headlines, which might be a mistake. Um, so, I mean, when people, and I don't know why this happens psychologically, but people sometimes tell you stuff they've never told anybody else before. There's a sort of, almost like the confessional, mm -hmm. the relationship between the, the caller. And you have to have spent years in the job to build up that sort of trust. Mm. But we did and, and, and continue to do quite a lot, or we did a lot more before politics went mad on child sexual abuse. And people would ring in, adults would ring in, grown men would ring in and break down in tears. And that was both, you know, profoundly horrible and, and, and profoundly special. So those would be... In terms of the actual moment on air, that they would be the most powerful. Off air, and this happened surprisingly often until about 2020. People would tell me that they had that the, that the show had changed them enough to change their politics. So I, there's one chap who's now trying to become a Labour candidate who was a member of the EDL when he started listening to the show, and he he came to see me at a gig and he sat in the front row. And he was staring at me to the point where I was quite unnerved. Yeah. But he was just trying to pluck up the courage to come up afterwards. And he gave me a letter. I said, I can't talk to you, but please read this. And he'd left his number on it. So I got in touch with him just to say thank you. And that, that, happened, about, that happened about a dozen times. Not specifically EDL members, but, but quite often people who'd been persuaded by very far right or very unpleasant rhetoric. And then they'd tune into the show and just sort of slowly think, well, hang on, that's bollocks. And then they'd hear people ring in with the same opinions that they had, and it generally doesn't doesn't go well for them. And so those those are special moments for me, a, a sort of combination of on air and off air. And then career wise, probably I did an interview with Nigel Farage in about 2014, Ooh. that went berserk, and I mean truly berserk. And it's sadly in a way it was before viral clips were a thing, 
but it was you know it was it was huge news the next day he was dragged out of the studio by his own pr it was it but, but what and was my, the discussion around the discussion was around him being a racist liar and and no, no one else had done and i couldn't understand why so because i'd follow it and there's a a friend of mine called Alex Andreu, who writes, he does the uh, Oh God, What Now podcast now, um, and 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 writes a bit. And he was and he'd written for the New Statesman. It's about half a dozen things that had come to my attention about the the, the fascists that they were knocking about within the European Parliament, the, the 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 hardcore National Front racists that he'd been knocking about with when he was trying to get uh, into 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 the top of UKIP, the stuff that he'd said about people speaking foreign on trains despite the fact that his own children spoke German at home, all of this stuff actually really concerned me, you know I thought this is weird because he was still a bit smelly for the for the mainstream media in 2014 they, they still, but I just you know, I just had a sense that because of callers, the great thing about my job is that I get I'm a, I get a proper opportunity to find out what people are thinking. Mm, mm. And when people are, are sharing with you really pungent opinions and you dig into where they come from, quite a lot of roads were leading back to Nigel Farage, you know, on, on the immigration stuff. And um, the, is, the Muslim stuff was more, um, what's his chops, little Tommy Ten names. But, the, but the, 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 the immigration and the racism and the Brussels stuff in 2014, that was all Nigel Farage. So he comes on quite a convoluted, process by which he comes on the program and I just hit him with all the stuff that I know and it's just all there and and it it, it was it was it I mean it was terrible for him but it, it didn't and people like Dan Hodges who writes the Mail on Sunday now wrote the next day Farage is finished his career is over the Sun wrote the next day this is a clearly racist position the Sun came out against him and on my side the Mail commissioned me to write about what a tosspot he was and I remember thinking at the time and saying at the time to, to my wife and my listeners, I said, nah, it's not going to touch the sides. You should see my inbox. People love it. People think he got the better of me. You still go on YouTube and like 10% of the replies on that clip will say he got the better of me, which is a bit like saying someone who's just been beaten 5-0 actually won. So how did you feel when he became a presenter on LBC? I was very uncomfortable and very unhappy. Did you ever think about leaving? Um, I did, yeah, of course. I, 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 I did think about leaving, but what would that have achieved? Mm -hmm. in, in the sense Do you come across, did you come only across him? Only once, only once. He's resilient, isn't he? Yeah, of course. He, he doesn't care, and, and, and that's, that's He does what, care. He's des do desperate to be liked. What's he care about? He's desperate he to be liked. And he, he's that's why he ate fucking I'm penises and yeah. That's why he did I'm a Celebrity. Yeah. That was terrifying. Although lots of nice people have done I'm a Celebrity. He, he, he is desperate. Well, Matt he, Hancock. He, well, no, not Matt Hancock. I was thinking more of my mate James McVeigh out of yeah, the Vamps. Like, he's uh, Harry Redknapp. Peter Andre. And, uh, that was a good year. Um, he, he, he's desperate Would to be liked. Would you do I'm a Celebrity? I don't think I could. I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm... Um, I'm really bad with rats. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mum, can I help with any of the food? No, it's almost done. What are we having? So we're having lamb tagine Ooh, with lovely. couscous oh. and some a tomato and cucumber salad perfect. and some Thank beans. I hope it's all right. Well, you know it will be. Well, I don't know. I've heard previous episodes. Nothing's ever gone wrong. So, <laughs> um, so whilst Mum serves up, yes. I would like to ask you your last supper. Mm. You've got a starter, a main, a pud... And a drink of choice. I've got a horrible feeling that I'm a cliche. So my starter would be a, a, a stone-cold prawn cocktail. I had a very good prawn cocktail at the weekend. Where were you? It's this new restaurant called The Dover in Mayfair. Okay. And it was really fab. What was in it? What made it It different? wasn't loads of Mar- Mary Rose. Yeah, Marie yeah, yeah. Rose. It had like a little tomato and horseradish dipping thing. Mm. It was on this towel. I'll show you a picture. Yeah, I mean, maybe it wasn't saucy enough for me, but it was fabulous. Go on, where, where have you had your best prawn cocktail? Well, my, you, do you not have like that, that child? Oh, look at that. Yeah, it looks fab, right? Oh, that does look nice. It looks good, right? What's, what's it on just on lettuce? It was There's on no like, it, it felt like almost like kohlrabi or something Ooh. like that, but also lettuce, iceberg lettuce. Ooh. It was good. So, so you've got that memory of the perfect one, which would be at the Bernie Inn. Where's the Bernie-in? The Bernie-in was a steak... Your mum will know. I know she is. So it was like a a steakhouse chain. In most towns, outside big cities, the Bernie-in would be the only restaurant with metal cutlery. Oh, okay. And it was steak, prawn cocktail. These were the days when you could have grapefruit juice as a starter. But the Ivy do an amazing prawn cocktail. Do they? Yeah, they do. And so, so do the... It's come back. It's in vogue. Well, yeah, but it never went out of vogue for me. I, I, I I can't. I mean, or oysters. Oysters. Yeah, but I always, I always think that's not, that's not a proper starter. So it was my birthday on Saturday, and thank you. And we went out for dinner, and because it was my birthday, I ordered oysters and a starter. Yeah, damn right. Which uh, they did a crab toast, which was incredible. Yum! Where did you go? We went to a new restaurant in Brentford called the Waterside, which is Sam Harrison's place. The same guy who has the Riverside in Hammersmith. Um, so it was a good meal. Yeah, it was excellent. Okay, so you're having oysters and a prawn cocktail. Yeah, I think so. And then it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I mean, it's a tough one, James. But you ask the tough questions, so you know. I mean, I, I don't think I enjoy any meal as consistently as. As as a really good cod and chips with mushy peas. Oh, well, where do you get your cod and chips from? Well, it's quite hard in the southeast. Um, is it? Yeah. No, we've I mean, got great one. Poppies is all right. As poppies is a well, chain. We've got Ollie's. There's we've got Moxon's. Oh, Ollie's in Herne Hill. Yeah. That's Ollie's. Yeah, it's decent. And we've got Moxon's. Okay, that's Who are here? a fishmonger. Well, I'll try that out. Well, have some of that and have some of that. Thank Jess, you, can you, you help people? No, it's all right. It's all under control. You think? Yeah. Chill out, Mum. <laughs> so that would be... I'd, I'd find it very hard to beat that. Ever ever since I was a kid, that is, the, that is my meal of champions. But it's hit and miss, isn't it? There's nothing worse than... Actually, fish and chips is lovely. Oh, it's nothing it like it. It is delicious, actually. Okay, so we're going fish and chips. Yeah. Um, lots of vinegar. 
Yeah, loads of vinegar. Brown sauce. Brown sauce? Brown sauce. Always brown sauce. Which oh, that makes sense. Because yeah, 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 yeah. it's tangy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I get oh, that. No, it doesn't make sense. Of course it makes sense. Do we get a little bad sausage on the side? Uh, I, I mean, back in the day. Back in the day. Savaloy and chips if I, like uh, for a snack on the way home. I think that's <laughs> what your teacher might have got you. <laughs> <laughs> it's in your dreams. Pudding. Mm. Sweet person? Sweet kind of guy? I don't know. As I'm getting older, I'm not enjoying sweets as much as I used to. I, I, I was a huge sweet. And also sweet sweets. Mm. You know, like penny sweets. Mm. Quarters. Quarter mm-hmm. pound sweets. I used to eat them coming out my ears. But not as much as I used to be. I, I, got, I, I like a cheesecake. I like, a, do you know, actually, I, quite, again, quite straightforward. It'd be a good old, old-fashioned custard tart, and like a little custard, uh, not a Portuguese like one. I like, yeah, I yeah. like the Portuguese ones, but I'd go for a, um, it used to be great. Greg's doesn't do them, but before Greg's, there was a bakery chain called Wimbush, or they used to do sweet cakes as well, and, and that would be the, uh, yeah, it'd be a custard tart. I am. Um, Crum- crumbly pastry. And, and, and drink of choice. My favourite alcoholic drink is a martini, a vodka, a vodka uh, martini. Oh, um, with a twist. I like it very dry with an olive. Dirty then. You're not not dirty. You That's like the when you pour in the juice. They do one at the restaurant I went to on Saturday. They call it the TW8 martini, and they do it. With, <laughs> they do it with caper berries, like oh, really yum. big fat capers. And it was good. And a little bit of the caper berry juice in it. I've never had that before. That was very special. Yum. Or, or a nice glass of red wine, or ginger beer if I'm feeling abstemious. I love ginger beer. I, I'm sure when you were showbiz mm. editor, you must have wined and dined people. Yeah. Where was the spot to take people? Well, it varied. So was it Nobu? I think Nobu was a little bit later. We we went to the Hempel a couple of times in South Kensington. I remember going there with the Lighthouse family. Who I got them. They were oh, lovely nice. lads. Paul, Paul and Tunde. They were really really. What was the song? I don't I mean, There's loads, but lifted. We probably. can be lifted. <laughs> I loved them, and and I hated the fact that people thought they were a bit naff because they were not naff. Paul Tucker, the the songwriter, his his dance music credentials were impeccable, but you know how it happens sometimes is that bands that are brilliant musically just get a weird reputation that they don't deserve. So. Who were you a massive fan of apart from the Lighthouse Family and Robbie Williams that you also gave five stars to? Well, Ian Brown was so lovely at the time I got on Fleet Street, but the Stone Roses all day mm. long, the Verve broke through during that period. Um, I did Ian Brown on. I've oh. been dumped the night before by the Greek Trans- girl. Yes, it was actually. Oh. Well, we we got back together later, but I've been dumped transatlantically. I was in a bit of a just a bit of a tizzy. Yeah. So I turned the tape on. I start interviewing him, and I say, uh, ten minutes in, I say, I'm sorry. I got I got dumped last night, and I'm just not focused. I can't remember. I've forgotten what I've already asked. I'm just in a right old mess. What did Ian Brown say? And he just said, oh, don't worry about it. He said, just just write what you want. <laughs> I love that. He said, don't make me sound like a twat. And then I think I, I think we kind of just had a couple of beers out the minibar and I went home. <laughs> it was just, it was, wasn't that nice of him? And did you just write something? I'd, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd have drawn on what, what I had on the tape and then I'd, I think I'd interviewed him once before. But, and these weren't massive articles, only about 500 words. Oh, that's very funny. It's very kind of him. Have I missed the bit where you got to LBC? No. So tell us how you got there, James. Well, I was the world's worst showbiz editor. I could write. I could write good stories, but I never recognised. My antennae, my news sense was non-existent. 
best example of that probably when I was at the chart show. Yeah. And Jerry Halliwell was performing. And Chris Evans was in her dressing room. And I just thought, oh, that's nice. <laughs> and I open up the newspapers the next day, and every other newspaper obviously has the story of their burgeoning romance. Oh, were they in a relationship? About ten minutes, I think. I, I didn't know that. But, 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 and I th- I'm just crap at this. My phone would ring at midnight every night, and it would be the night editor saying the Daily Mail have got this story, the Sun have got this story, why haven't we got this story? And I'd have to say it's because it's not true. And it was true, but I just missed it. I was, I was rubbish. So the, the, the paper was owned by the same guy that owned most of Channel 5. And they were launching a TV show. Called? Called The Right Stuff. Oh, yeah, my friend Jamal worked on it. That's, yeah, if after my time. So was that a pleasant experience? Mm, it was, actually. We moved to Norwich. I got out of newspapers, which, I, which was good. Which was a great, we were just married. My wife was, was still working on Fleet Street most of the time, but we got to spend a lot more time together than we would have done if we'd both been still on newspapers. And it went nuts for me overnight. I, I got offered a chat show by Anglia, so I did a regional chat show wow. for ITV. I was being offered documentaries. And I just thought that was how it worked. I didn't have an agent. I just thought, this is easy. Why do people always talk about how hard it is to get, to get into telly? And I was just, uh, for about 18 months, we were rocking the house. And then... And then it all ended. The yeah. production company, I think Anglia lost the contract to make the programme. The new people making it didn't want the same panellists on every day. So they started rotating and then you'd be booked a bit less and a bit less. And clearly I was being squeezed out. And when you're not on telly every day, people aren't ringing you up to offer you other stuff. And I said to Lucy, I'm going to have to go back to newspapers. This is, this is dried up now. And she said... I realise now very diplomatically, instead of saying you were crap at newspapers, um, she said you're really good at broadcasting and I think you should give it a year. Where did you meet Lucy? At the Express. Oh, at the Express. And so I did and, and, and towards the end of that year, LBC offered me some swing, some holiday cover and that's kind of where, 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 where it started, how I got in, just to pay my tax bill. It's now like, well, I mean, it's huge. Yeah, it's an amazing story. You have the biggest news... Biggest commercial radio talk talk show, which, considering the first show I did 20 years ago, on Sunday night, no one rang me for an hour and 15 minutes. So I'm having to repeat the same stuff again and again and again. Repeating the phone number until it was like... Excuse me. Oh, my God. So it's terrible. And then at 11.15, so it was 10 o'clock on a Sunday night, and the slot I'd taken over from hadn't been a phone-in show. Listeners are quite creatures of habit. Yeah. So no one rang in. And at 11.15, phone, finally, one phone line lights up on the switchboard. And I recognise it. And it's my wife ringing, oh, ringing from oh, our landline at home. And, and she calls herself Miranda from Labrooke Grove. And what was her question? Something about... I was talking about Diana, Princess of Wales, and trying to get a story going about that. And she made nice, sensible contributions. And then my best mate, Luke, obviously realised <laughs> what was happening. And he's an actor. And he rang in, and for reasons I've never fully understood, he, he decided to adopt a Northern Irish accent <laughs> in case anyone recognised him. That's amazing. That's on the amazing. Ra- on the radio. It's also, it's one of the hardest accents to sustain. <laughs> and halfway through, he stopped sustaining it. <laughs> lapsed oh straight, God, lapsed straight back into his sort of Notting Hill twang. <laughs> um. I feel like we need to go back to food for a bit. Mm. Even though this is fascinating and brilliant. 
Is there anywhere else you go regularly? You go to Greece. Mm. Is there anywhere else that you'll go and do you go for the food or are you going for the vibes? Are you going for the music or switching off? Sorry, you do have a mouthful, so I'm so sorry. Mm. I've just asked you that question when you've got that. We, we've been to Venice. My wife loves Venice. Oh, it's gorgeous. So it, expensive. It is expensive. And we've been three times. And the first two times we went, we didn't have good food. We don't know why. I don't think the food is great. No, I don't the think... The duck ragu is their famous dish. Is it? Mm. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Mm. Duck ragu. And it's delicious if you get the right place. But I don't think we... When we went to Venice, we didn't eat well, did we? No, but maybe we just didn't know the spots. They yeah, but that's the, that's the, the point. It's a, bit, it's a bit like being in Leicester Square and looking yeah, for a right, yeah. yeah. So the last time we went, and we stayed in an Airbnb rather than, thank you, rather than a hotel, and we just hit the jackpot on every oh, meal we had. Thank you. A little bit further from the main drag, every meal we had was extraordinary. And I, I, I can remember some of the meals we had there, some of the pasta dishes we had there, which were good enough to want to go back for that for, oh right okay and also lucy loves venice so i'd, I'd, I'd like you know it is gorgeous yeah, it really is i want to know have they tried to poach you for well, other programs he wouldn't be able to I say can't really answer that question okay but, do you um, think you'll be staying at the well, i can LBC? say yes but yeah. i can't go into too many details but also you know the the, the landscape is very right wing now the new broadcast platforms that are being set up are, are slightly to the right of genghis khan so which is really weird, mm. actually. And I don't, I don't write about this because it's too self-referential. But if you have managed to, to take a, a, a leftish liberal position and turn it into the most popular show on the market, why, mm. are they all, why are they all setting up stations to be right-wing? Why are they all trying to emulate the... the so you look at what's happened at LBC, people like Sheila Fogarty coming in, people like Emily... Carol. Uh, Carol. Carol uh, uh, Vorderman and Maitlis Sopel and Lewis doing the... Podcast for the news agents. Lewis doing a show on LBC, and much, much more. The transformation from when Hopkins and Farage were on the station, and it's much more popular now. So, the people setting up GBBs or Talk TV are not doing it to be market leaders. They're doing it for different reasons. What they're, are they doing it for? They're doing it for influence. They're doing it for influence. And, and, and so, to, I mean, Jesse, it's succession. It's so terrifying. Yeah. It is terrifying. It mean, is terrifying because, because you, when you else? track Boris's, for yeah. example, just Boris's journey, yes. it is terrifying how he got there. And it was all kind of calculated. It, it wasn't just by chance. No, and, and, and sponsored as well. Sponsored. I thought Alistair explained this on, yeah. on, 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 on Table Manners better than I can and because he's so much closer to the action and he's, he's been there and been around the block and played the bagpipes. But that, <laughs> that, that combination, that, that um, Venezuelan writer he quotes, who, who talked about the three Ps, yeah, yeah, pop, yeah. Popul populism, polarisation, and the other it? one. Po uh, oh, I did it again, sorry. Yeah. I tapped the Are you a broadcaster? Yeah, but I'm a very maverick broadcaster okay. who breaks the rules. Should I have basis. a go at these? Put these. Over. I just Can need I help? to know. No, 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 no. I, I, I just Tell need to know how many, as being a journalist, how many uh, episodes of Table Manners did you listen to before coming on here? I'd listen and to, were you terrified? I'd listen. I know. I'd listen to a couple back in the day because you were very early adopters. Oh, thank you. And it still pops up on my notifications. So I listened to Andrew Ridgely quite oh, recently. I was so jealous. I couldn't get him on mine. And I, I, I know for a fact that I'm a bigger Wham fan than either of you. No, you're not. 
I am. No. Hey, everybody, take a look at me. I've got street credibility. I may not have a job, but I have a good time with the boys that I meet down on the line. Go on. Young Guns. Is that Young Guns? No, yeah. next verse. Yeah, no. Last Christmas. <laughs> My God, you and Alice Campbell would really get on. We do get on quite you well. You could go back to back with Wham and Abba. So, yes. No, I, I, I like Alice, though. He's a force for good. And, he is. And he is a force for good. And he doesn't, he, he doesn't ever get um, jaded, which I, th- I find quite hard sometimes not to get jaded. But he's, his, his appetite for the fight is undimmed, isn't it? As, yeah, as, as came across very powerfully in, that, in your interview with him. Um, I would like to know, if we were coming to your house, mm. what would you cook for us, James? Mm. Well, I've bought a new oven, so we've just had a lot of work done. And I've bought a new oven that has a rotisserie in it. Have you tried it? Yeah, and I have not got the hang of it, so I would not cook you (laughs) a rotisserie unless I've had the chance to practice. Oh, here's a thing. What? You know that St. Elgur blue cheese cream? Yeah, love it. Stick a tablespoon of that in a bowl of sprouts and thank me later. Oh! Oh, that's a really good idea. Mm. That's my first recipe. Okay, so would that be our (laughs) starter? Yeah. So I'm not joking. Try. You must. Add, you, you know that with a vodka martini would be delicious. That's my desert island dish. That would be f- <laughs> yeah. bloody fantastic. No, it, 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 I mean it is. It's like you go. Oh my Christ! How come no one else has thought of this? It's just oh. extraordinary. And you don't need the chestnuts or the pancetta. You just do the sprouts, a spoonful of the santogur, and you're right. away. You're okay. Laughing. So, so you'd, we'd have sprouts with santogur. Yeah. And then we wouldn't have the chicken rotisserie until we've done a few more. No. Things. Oh, I do a lamb. I'd like a lamb yeah. on the barbecue. So you get a butterfly leg yeah. of lamb from the butchers. There's a great butcher's near, near us called Wyndham House who, who've got a place in the in the garden centre around the corner. Um, the uh, you know how the garden, garden centre centres... being oh, Peach Brent, is that Prince no. Garden Centre? Yeah, the one in... Um, yeah, the, so there's two things, two reasons to go there for mm-hmm. foodies. Number one is the Wyndham's butcher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two is my friend Enzo who has the ice cream van in the car park. Oh. Enzo, if you mention my name, Enzo will, will sort you Get out. Get free ice cream, man. Uh, well, at, at the very, <laughs> and he'll also sell oli- he also sells olive oil. If he's, been in, if he's been at home in Italy recently, he'll have some top of the range uh, like artisan I olive think, oil. I think olive, I love you, James. You say I'm not much of a sweet person, but you're shouting out your ice cream bloke I in a carrot bit of car park. Yeah, although, you know, he does this pistachio thing, which isn't oh, really a sweet, pistachio. but it's got pistachio oil in it. And he, I think he gets them in from Italy as well. And it's like a, it's like a big mini milk on a stick. But oh it, my god! But it is—it's quite savoury, as it you know, with a pistachio. So it's oh, not too. Oh, it's extraordinary. Well, Michael so McIntyre. So I get you one of those. Okay, thank you. I love that actually. Um, Michael McIntyre came on here and he talked about having olive oil on his ice cream when he went to um, Ooh, Italy. So yeah, um, have, are they in? Are the fondants in? But I think it's going to be more than. Nine minutes. Okay. It sounds slightly sparse. Brussels sprouts in a pistachio well, ice cream. I, I, no, you I'm distracted me. You distracted the me. Lamb, so, the lamb. Yeah, so I do. A, I do a butterflied leg of lamb that yeah. Wyndham's prepare, and they yeah. put it in a sealed bag with all the garlic and rosemary and. Oh, so oh wow! And then and, you barbecue. And I do a half it. and half barbecue, where you put all the charcoal on one side of the barbecue, and you sear the lamb for about. Two or three minutes each side on the on the above the coals, coals oh, oh, right. and then you move it to the non-coal bit and put the lid on, and it cooks to absolute. So how many minutes? Bit, the gas so, so it's half and half. No, you've I use charcoal, but you've only got charcoal on one side of the. How hard is well, this? How would it? I, I don't understand. You put the lid on, and it's working like an oven. Okay. Yeah. 
How so, long oh, would you okay. cook? So forty minutes, I think, for barbecued S- level. Possibly slightly longer, but I've got a I've got a Heston Blumenthal uh, meat, so meat thermometer from TK Maxx. Okay, but it is. It's, it's do you a, like it's a, it rare? It's a, yes, I do. But but the thing with the butterfly leg of lamb is that the ends of it are not rare. So no, it's a piece de resistance. It's a win-win. There's something for everybody. So yeah, you can win-win. give them the sort of like you know nice yeah. bit, the nice crunchy bit on the end, and then yeah. other people can have. So I'd serve that. Probably not with sprouts in blue cheese. Cause what would you do? With with that, a salad and a salsa verde. Salsa verde, mm, you see. That's one like of my salsa things. salsa verde. Yeah, I use Jamie's recipe for that. He's, he's, it's I've really good, he, Yeah, recipe. and he puts all sorts of stuff in there, like gherkins and... Anchovies, the gherkin yes. juice. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Look at that. That is what is I it? call moist. Yeah. That's more the than worst, moist. The worst word in the world. <laughs> However, yeah, sorry, I heard you say that as well. Rick what Astley. Was, yeah, oh, and what God. was Alistair's word as well? Portion. Portion. This is yummy, Mum. This is good. This is oh, really good. Except it shouldn't be the other way round, but I was I couldn't well, do it. Why? Yeah. It's supposed to come out so you have the crusty bit. Oh, I see. That's good, Mum. I'm gonna have some cream on it too, just to really mm. seal the deal of cows today. That is That's great, Mum. Good job. They're quite easy to make, actually. Don't say that. No, just take the plaudits. So, uh, do you have a nostalgic taste that can transport you back somewhere? Good or bad? What a great question. Pear drops. Pear drops all the time. Proper big fat ones that cut your mouth to ribbons and what? that weird flavour that you get off the back of them. Was there a particular place you'd be eating them? In the back of the car on the way back to No, there was, a, there was a tuck shop at school just to go in in Brighton for a minute. <laughs> and you could order quarters of sweets. I never had any money. Um, but it wasn't that. I think pear drops go back to... For what we, we Friday sweets. So there was a sweet shop on Hercot Road in Kidderminster where Tom Watson grew up, a oh. former de- deputy. Dude. We didn't know each other, Greg. Our mums knew each other. I think our mums were both people that it took two hours to go around Sainsbury's because they had to stop and say hello to everybody. <laughs> um, but there was a proper sweet shop at the end of the road and, and you'd order a quarter of So, something. okay, pear drops or cannabis? <sighs> <laughs> These days, pear drops all day. Okay. Long. Mum, this is really good. Mm. James O'Brien, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Do you want another? I can't. How, oh, how could you do two chocolate No, I can, t- no, I can tell you now that I had a dicky tummy yesterday. Oh, oh shit. Oh, first, shit. No, I don't say that. That could become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Do you want to... I, no, I, I knew I was going to be all right, but I, this is the first time I've eaten since 11 o'clock yesterday. You've done very well. I knew I was going to be fine without going into detail. But you don't want another one. Well, I don't think I'll have another, no. <laughs> no, Mum, it's quite rich having a whole fondant. That was exceptional. It was delicious. But I'm not, I'm not going to have another one. I don't one. think they'll keep. Do you not? No. Alright. Okay, fondant's next door. I can't go next door with fondants. Why not? It's only 8.30. They could eat it and watch traitors. I don't th- <laughs> I don't even know if they're there. Um, James O'Brien, thank you so oh, much. Thank you. What a treat. just busy enjoying her wine you were loving the fact that he was having a few glasses with you I loved it yeah I love a wine drinker um she's gone so what did you think of the tagine (laughs) it was good I nearly told him I know you did and he will listen and he will find out he will listen so now James we shouldn't James we apologize it was I'd say 70% Lenny 30% 30 cook. cook or no. 60, 40? No, no, no. 
Definitely 70-30. But we had to give you something to eat. Yeah. And actually... The energy went into the chocolate fondant. Yeah, and you know what? That was all in. Do you know what's clever about chocolate fondant? I made it last night. So it's in the fridge. Oh, a little prep. So you could prep it and then just pop it pop it in. <laughs> pop it in? Yeah. It was bloody Did ready you like good. it? But James O'Brien, we do apologise that that is the first time that we actually have had Cook enter the uh, meal. And I nearly told you. And then I just thought that was cruel. James O'Brien, what? A brilliant guest. Delightful. The amount of information he can retain. I can't even remember my children's But he knows about everything. He knows about everything and he's just incredibly measured. But he does go for the bad guys. He does go for the bad guys. And he does love a good guy. Um, But he... uh, I loved hearing the Beckham story. And he looked so... Embarrassed. Yeah, he should be. That was me. Um, Thank you, James O'Brien, for being on the podcast. Brilliant guest. Good. Lenny was I was happy. Lenny was a rev. Yeah. Um and we'll see you next week. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 